Ladies and gentlemen. What you gonna do? Brother, 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 brother. have to you always have to get them out uh it is thursday july 28th i had to think about what what month it was uh but yeah it's the first time in a while that we've done it right on thursday right after impact has ended uh it is another episode of the deep six wrestling podcast it is the impact power hour i'm ryan i'm angelo and yeah uh if you watch bti uh don't think that this is the penultimate show before uh, emergence. Oh no, <laughs> we're not Josh Matthews. We're not fake fans of Impact Wrestling. Uh, we we know that there's still three weeks before emergence, as it is, or three episodes if you count today's episode. Uh, yeah, before emergence, as it is August twelfth, not. August fifth or whatever he was trying to claim it yeah, was. There's still there's still plenty of time. He's trying to rush it. He's trying to rush it through through the system here. Yeah, seriously. Uh but yeah, uh we are three weeks away from emergence, three episodes away. Uh and I think this was for an episode that didn't really have much build. It was an interesting episode nonetheless. And we're gonna get right on into that. But before we do Make sure to follow us on social media at Deep Six Wrestling. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on any of the different platforms that we are on. We're on basically any podcast platform that you can think of. Um, link is in the description of both our YouTube at Deep Six Wrestling and Twitter. Uh, if you would like to follow us, please do. Leave us those likes, those comments. We love hearing from you guys. Uh, and we like talking about what you guys have to offer. Um, so yeah, um, should we uh, hit some uh, news and notes around? Yeah, the, yeah, uh... news and notes. Um, obviously, uh, I think the biggest news is um, that Killer Kelly has announced that she's re-signed uh, yes. with with Impact uh, again. Uh, for another multi-year deal, uh, as she had previously stated that she signed in 2020, but just didn't wrestle due to the pandemic and other stuff going on. Uh, and then the, they were trying to figure out when the best time would be to u- use her. Uh, and then tonight, right be- or today, right before her uh, debut, uh, highly anticipated debut, she announced on some podcast uh, that she is re-signed for another multi-year deal. Um, so I think this definitely points to impact really being high on her. You wouldn't, you know, keep signing somebody to a multi-year multi-year deals. If you know, you You didn't think anything of it. And even, even the vignettes, like, yeah, there's been now numerous wrestlers coming in and they don't get any vignettes. So yeah, usually you're saving that for people you, you expect to see 
have at least, you know, maybe a six month to a year run. Yeah. Uh, and you're not going to use them on somebody who you don't have aspirations of them going for being in like the title pictures or things like that. Right. right. Um, and while, you know, you might not see it right away happen, which would make sense because I, it, it with her not wrestling for at least a year, basically, um, definitely going to need time to get her back through the reps and all that jazz. Uh, and also trying to make sure that, you know, she can connect with the fans if they are going to make her a baby face. And if she's not a baby face, try to see if she can uh, kind of strike a nerve with the, the fans. Uh, so we'll see as time goes on, but um, yeah. Um, do you think that she'll get hot shotted or hot shot right into the title picture? Or, I mean, uh, before we get into what, uh, occurred yeah, tonight, to now, but, but, um, uh, I didn't think so just based on the way Masha, Masha Slamovich <laughs> has been built. That's fair. Um, I was, I was kind of expecting a slow burn. Yeah. Of some sort. doesn't seem like impact. Outside of like Jonah, right? He had the uh, yeah. packages, and he kind of got thrown right into the title picture. It doesn't happen too too often, it seems like. Yeah, um, yeah. We'll they, we'll we'll definitely see. I think that Killer Kelly has a little bit more. At least, be I feel like she's a little bit more well known than Masha was um, coming in, uh, just because she was in. NXT UK where Masha was just like on the the smaller indie scene um but and also yeah, um I feel like Killer Kelly also has a little bit more um international well-known or prominence like I feel like she's been on like bigger like UK uh and European indie promotions than Masha was um and she I think she's a little bit older not 100% sure Um, so I think she's been doing it a little bit longer. Um, but yeah, I think we'll see. I I don't, I thought maybe she get put into the title picture by maybe bound for glory at the earliest, but if not something for next year, um, but we'll definitely see what happens. Uh, because it seems like maybe we know who her first feud is going to be with. Yeah. I think that's what we get out of today's episode. Yeah. Um, also, in other news uh, for uh, impact uh, and impact related stuff, if you're you're interested, again, Ric Flair's final match pay per view is on Sunday, and there's a lot of impact people on that card. Um, I know we talked about it. I think last week, just like, like in passing, um, but yeah, you've got uh, Mercy and Machine Guns versus the Wolves. That's impact all over it. You've got Josh Alexander defending his impact world title against Jacob Fatu uh, of the of MLW and related to the the Usos and all them. Um, and we've got Jordan Grace defending the Knockouts uh, title against Deanna Perrazzo and Rachel Ellering. And uh, who is is it? Black Tarus in the in that and yes, Tarus and Laredo Kid. Yes, 
Yes. And two other guys. Yeah. 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 So, so everybody's, there's a lot of things going on on that card. Yeah. Um, I think I'm, I'm kind of excited for, I'll try to catch it. The uh, triple threat women's title match, you know, we get Rachel Ellering and Jordan Grace going at it. Yeah. You know, impact kind of teased when they were, you know, a team that like maybe there's some dissension, they would kind of break up and they, they squashed it real quick. They just like, they made up in the ring all was well. And then Rachel Ellering didn't really stay for impact, stay with impact too much longer after that. Yeah. So we kind of like, this is, this is the first chance they're going really against each other. So yeah, I think, I think as an impact fan and other impact fans listening that like, this is, this would be a good continuation of the story that we never really got to see on our you know, normal episodes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, the updated match card. Uh, so they've announced some of the people for the, the battle Royal. I feel like you'll enjoy. Oh yeah. You'll well, bully Ray's one of them, right? We've got bully Ray. Yeah. James storm. Nice. Ricky Shane page. Uh, commander from triple a sin Bodhi. Formerly known as Kazarni. Kazarni. <laughs> uh, Big Demo, uh, formerly Killian Dane. Crowbar. Crowbar, nice. Uh, Brian Myers. And from NWA and former Impact Wrestling star, Crimson. Crimson is in it. That's, yes. that's hype. Yes. Uh, they've also announced. Um, uh, Adam Priest wrestling uh, representing Terminus, uh, Gringo Loco rep- representing uh, Wrestling Revolver, and he's also in GCW. Uh, Wolfie D representing the USWA, and Cal Harrow uh, representing Ohio Valley Wrestling. Um, so yeah, um, people from all over. Yeah, uh, uh, they've also in. The, the comment so we've got there's like nine people doing commentary for this show oh, uh tony shivani david crockett ian riccaboni tom hannafin and scott damore uh joe dombrowski and dave prazik uh carlos cabrera and hugo uh Savinovich uh are all doing commentary and they're all gonna be uh, Carlos Cabrera and Hugo are doing Spanish announcing uh, while the rest are going to be flip-flopping throughout the show. Um, oh, boy. With Tony Schiavone and David Crockett just being there for the last match. Oh, okay. Yeah. Schiavone's uh, a cool addition. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, uh, the other... Uh, they also are listing still that the Briscoes versus the Von Ericks is an Impact versus MLW match. So that's something. Yeah, whatever they want. Yeah. Um, I, I I do think uh, that there there's some cool, there are some really cool uh, things. I think there there's definitely going to be a question now because uh, they did announce uh, the Four Corners Independent Wrestling Dream Match. Uh, and that having Jonathan Gresham, but then Gresham's whole thing after Ring of Honor cl- saying that he's taking the month off. Uh, I don't know if he's going to skip this Ric Flair show or Yeah, what. or he's going to continue this date. That's a good point. Yeah, but that is Nick Wayne versus Kenosha. I, I always get the guy's name, Takeshka. 
uh, Allen Angels, okay. and it was Gresham. I don't know if Gresham's still doing it, but yes. Um, so yeah, there you go. Um, lots of lots of stuff, and you know, if you're you're a wrestling fan, they, they, I feel like there's something for everybody. Like Ricky Morton and Carrie Morton versus Brian Pillman Jr. and Brock Anderson. <laughs> yeah, that one's pretty funny. <laughs> but yeah. You've got, I mean, there's NG, New Japan, there's DDP or DDT, there's uh, AEW, there's AAA, there's Legends, there's uh, NWA, there's Impact. I mean, you, you can't go wrong. I feel like everybody's represented pretty well here. Um, will the main event be a great match? <laughs> I'm sure Lethal and, and, and Andrade will have a good time. Will Ric Flair do a suicide dive? We learned oh, no. Hopefully not. Hopefully, no. hopefully, hopefully, somebody tells him that his insurance doesn't cover that. Yeah, no, no, no way his health insurance is allowing that. Yeah. Uh, will he bleed within the first minute of the match? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, he, if he shakes somebody's hand, he might. He might. Yeah. Bleeding. It might be enough vibrations to cut his forehead open. Yeah. Um. So yeah, good stuff. Um. Other than that, uh, can you think of any other uh, news we're missing? Um, uh, WrestleMania is coming to Philly, which we're um, oh I'm yeah Philadelphia local. So yeah. that you know, while we're not here to talk about WWE, usually you know it, it's like a lot of sporting events. Like this is going to bring in all the other wrestling companies. So whatever Impact does that weekend, I will be there for it absolutely. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That to- that totally slipped my mind because I I hadn't been paying it like the one day i came back from uh from the day of the bar and literally i i came back to my phone and had 197 messages oh yeah that'll do it and i was just like yeah i'm not looking through this i'm just gonna if i see news i'm just gonna i'm just gonna send it in the group chat and somebody can give me shit for it later (laughs) yeah Uh, you know what uh so like for everyone listening, like sometimes our group chat is uh, so cumbersome. Like one, like I was away this weekend celebrating a friend's birthday, and I didn't look for a full day. And then I start checking things. Like, wow, Vince McMahon retired. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you miss something big. Yeah. So yeah, with with this one, um, again, we're not a WWE show, but like I said, it brings in all the other companies want to you know kind of run off the momentum and Philadelphia I mean, from personal experience. There are so many venues here to run a wrestling show at. So you don't have to just be at the Wells Fargo where Monday Night Raw is going to be. You can do things at the 2300 Arena or somewhere else in the city. There's places that will have shows, and it's it's pretty exciting that Philadelphia is getting the opportunity. First time since 1999. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you've got, uh, the, you've got the Wells Fargo Center. You've got the Leah Cora Center uh, that AEW runs and is running again in September. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we don't watch it or, or follow it, really, but Control Your Narrative is running the the uh, Franklin Music Hall, uh, the former oh, they Electric are. Factory. Um, I don't know how they're gonna, that's going to look setup-wise. But... No, I don't either. Um, but, I mean, maybe pe- people will be like, oh, well, maybe we can run that. I mean, I, th- I for one, think that literally – almost any venue other than maybe first Unitarian church would be a, 
<laughs> a better venue than Franklin Music Hall for yeah. for that. Yeah, honestly, um, that, like that the Fillmore. That kind of makes me think. I know Voltage Lounge is closed, but yeah. I remember seeing a wrestling event at Voltage Lounge. Like I was driving past it, and there was a yeah. GCW event. used to do shows out of Voltage. Right, right. So so, that's, so maybe they're just saying it's at Franklin Music Hall and using that back room. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, but yeah, there's so many different places in Philly that could host them. Um, so I'm I'm sure and not even just in Philly alone, but like in Jersey, in parts of Jersey, and in other parts of PA. Um, so yeah, I mean this area of where Ryan and I, you know, are from, like, is a very strong wrestling community. Like Re- Ring yeah. of Honor kind of has had its start here. CZW, ECW, ECW so come ECW. on, yeah, <laughs> to go back, you know, yeah, like, we weren't really watching then, but like yeah. CZW, the tournament of death is right across the river of Philadelphia. So yeah, there's a lot of different styles of wrestling all around here. Oh yeah, um, and you've got we've got always shout out H2O Hardcore Hustle. Yeah, uh, that that exists in New Jersey. Yeah, true. Uh, at least in South Jersey is um, the Monster Factory. Yeah, South Jersey as well. Yeah, so there's there's lots of different places. Uh, so it'll be a cool experience. I, I for one think it's a better option than doing it in New New York or not New York, but uh, the Meadowlands, East, right. East Rutherford. Uh, just that's a hike. There's not great parking, and. There's not really a lot of places actually in that area. It's not you actually to... a city. When you when they say New York, they do North Jersey. People that don't aren't aware. Yeah, uh, there's always this big argument where, like, you know, calling like the New York Jets uh, or the New York Giants, they don't actually play in New York City. No, they don't play in New York. They play in a different state. That, but that's where the stadium is, and they say, "Oh, New York." So, yeah. All right, we've we, we've done enough stalling. Let's get into this impact episode. Let's do it. Um, if you, since I do want to say, if you do want some WWE, uh, stuff injected into your veins, uh, feel free to listen to Rob. Uh, he has a, his own podcast now on the deep six wrestling. Uh, he does SmackDown reviews and I am going to try and do a, uh, NXT UK, uh, uh, podcast tomorrow, Ooh. uh, at some point. Um, it'll be very quick. We're going to see how it is since it's only a 50, uh, it says it's only a 56 minute show. Uh, <laughs> and I've gone through the first, uh, 14 or 15 minutes of it so far. Um, but yeah, um, we'll see how, how it goes. We'll see if people are into it. If, we, if people are into it, I'll keep on doing it. Uh, from the first match on it, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, so we'll get into that later. Uh, but we do fought, we again you're new here we do stuff new japan we do aw we do impact now back into wwe so you've got everything uh so definitely give us a give us uh a, more of a listen share it with your friends see what happens yes sir all right bti starts off with uh not even get to talk about iceman and intel uh because it, there wasn't really any other than He's in a backyard now and not in a field. Yeah, no, not really many much intel to have. But no. uh, the mat the match was kind of important. Yeah, we got Vincent versus Bupinder Gujar uh, with Brian Myers on commentary again, trying to thin out the herd. 
for the digital media title, as Brian Myers calls it. Um, this has been hyped uh, hyped up for a week. I thought it was going to be on TV this week. It was on BTI instead. But I think it was it it, it was one of those matches on BTI that makes sense because it it would further stories on the main show. Uh, and you know, it wasn't, it it was a longer match than you probably wanted on the main show. Um, yeah, they gave him a good amount of time here. Yeah. I think that's what helps with BTI is like the, some of the matches, they go much longer than they would get on a main show. Yeah. Just the the Johnny Swinger matches that we get. Exactly. We never usually get to see Johnny Swinger in the ring himself for like seven minutes. Like we just saw the other week. So. Um, but yeah, Bupinder, uh, uh, or Vincent comes out with all of honor, no more. And then all of honor, no more disappear except for Maria, because commentary has told us that, uh, all wrestlers in honor, no more have been banned from ringside for this match. Uh, and Maria is allowed because she is the executive of honor, no more. Um, cool. Uh, Pretty early on in this, Maria gets herself ejected because she just grabs Bupinder's leg as he goes super early on for his finisher, the guard royal spear. The ref is just clearly watching this, and he throws Maria out, and Maria acts like she she wasn't doing anything, uh, to which commentary mainly Brian Myers says that, oh, he she was just trying to check his shoe size. You know, people are into that. Uh and Matt Raywalt says, I think she was going for a, a hug of his leg. Uh, it's good stuff. Um, oh, uh, we also have uh, Brian Myers talk about how uh, he Vincent really never was talking trash about Bupinder, but he knew he could get a match out of this. Uh, he also says that David Penzer would be the new number one contender Uh if David Penzer was awake right now, yeah. um, because he says David Penzer has a better Twitter following than Bupinder, who has only 300 followers the last time he checked. And none of, it, none of David Penzer's tweets are good, but still more than Bupinder does. I'll have to check that, see how many followers uh, Bupinder has. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, uh, Brian Myers would later say that. You know, he, he's trying to get people who are active in the digital media sphere to challenge for the title. He says people who have podcasts or YouTube shows, they get first dibs uh, over somebody who just wants a title shot. Uh, so I, I think all of Deep Six needs a challenge uh, next time that uh, Brian Myers is in the area. I think uh, it could be like a six-on-one, seven-on-one. Uh, match br- us against Brian Myers. Yeah, I'm I'm up for the challenge. Yeah, Bupinder has 777 followers. Oh, how many of them for, were from after they t- said he had only 300? Right, I, I don't have yeah. apps. I'm sure somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure he gained 400 tonight. He does not have a check mark. <laughs> I, I hope that they draw draw this out until he gets his blue check mark. Yeah, that would be kind of hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Bupinder goes for his gargoyle spear again, but Vincent gets uh kind of reverses it. He hits Red Rum, uh, which they just called the Centon tonight. Um, 
And as he goes to go for the pin on Bupinder, Heath's music hits, uh, and it spooks Vincent. He starts looking around, looking for where Heath is, where he is. Uh, he doesn't come out. Bupinder rolls him up. One, two, three, Bupinder wins. Uh, and then Heath would come out while Vincent is staring at Bupinder uh, and gets hit with the wake-up call. Um, I think this furthers along both stories well. Uh, sucks for Vincent that he has to get a, eat a second wake-up call from, uh, from Heath since you know he got attacked by Heath last week, I believe, or two weeks ago. Need to yeah. stop attacking Vincent, man. Yeah, poor Vincent. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Vincent, he had a busy week as he, he was at a uh, ring of honor, uh, death yeah. before dishonor. He lost his, ta- his trios title. Uh, but we did lo- learn about, uh, Sam's new favorite wrestler. Um, uh, Dutch. Dutch. Uh, yep. That's his name is Dutch. He does a lot of tongue action. He oh. just starts flicking his tongue a lot. That's, that's um, good. Yeah. Gangrel. Yeah. He, 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 he's better than gangrel ever was daddy. Oh, okay. He 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 looks like he he looks like a cult leader. They all look like cult leaders in that group. Well, I'm here for it. Yeah. Hope, hopefully he I think it just is very odd that Vincent who claims he is part of a group that claims he was fired from Ring of Honor and Ring of Honor doesn't want him was holding Ring of Honor gold still and was on yeah. a pay-per-view for Ring of Honor. That's pretty funny. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up is the main show. We start off the show with our rundown of the video package uh, of the uh, Motor City Machine Guns uh, main event last week between Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin to determine the number one contender for Josh's world title. Uh, and then we see, you know, Alex Shelley picks up the win. And we see Violent by Design come down to attack them. Yeah, and, and if you were wondering why Josh Alexander didn't come out to help, this actually explains it. Yeah, he turned the corner, bumped into Raj Singh, and Shearer started beating him up because he bumped into Raj Singh. Naturally. Yeah. Um, and then we would get that played yet again later in the show. Yes. But basically, it was like, if you were concerned, like, Josh Alexander didn't run in. It's like, oh, well, because he kind of got into his own conflict backstage. Yeah, this, so wasn't, that... this wasn't Josh being a heel. Yeah. It so was it Josh out. bumping into Raj Singh. And yeah. Shearer being very offended by that. Um, the show starts with Eddie Edwards uh, with Kenny King at ringside versus Ace Austin with Chris Bay at ringside. Um as Kenny and uh, Eddie are getting into the ring, Kenny King calls himself the Lieutenant of Honor No More and Eddie the Captain of Honor No More. Um, yeah. I thought this was a... I, I was kind of confused at why this would start the show. I wasn't expecting too much from it. I didn't think it would go as long as it was uh, just because I, I thought it was going to end in like some DQ shenanigans. Uh, especially early on with the amount of uh, just distractions and uh, how Kenny and Bay were just kind of going at it at ringside. I thought something was going to happen between all of them, just break break down the match and end in like DQ or no contest. Um, but thankfully, 
that's not what happened. Uh, thankfully, uh, the ref threw Kenny King and Chris Bay out, uh, but not before Chris Bay and uh, Kenny started brawling for a bit. Uh, Chris Bay got in the ring, took off his jacket, uh, suicide dives uh, onto Kenny King, and as he goes for the suicide dive, does have enough time to two sweet days Austin, which I thought was cool. Mm. Um, but once that happened, once they got taken out of this this equation, I thought this match picked up so much and became such a better match. Um, I don't know what it was, but the first part, the first like quarter of this match, I just did not care about it. And yeah, then, there wasn't too much. Once they got rid of everybody at ringside, it was just like, okay, now they have this really good chemistry. They're knocking it out of the park. It's an even fight, surprisingly. Uh, and it just felt like they hit another gear and they were like waiting to have everybody leave and felt like now, all right, now it, the show's all ours and let's just put on a good good performance here um we have ace who i thought looked really good here uh he felt like he was more in control than you'd expect for most of the the second half of this this match um eddie did take control uh at points um take gang a backpack stunner um which slowed down ace's momentum uh but ace the younger guy, the more agile individual, uh, kept on getting uh, out of these predicaments. And when he did, uh, it made Eddie just get more and more frustrated, which was taking more and more time out uh, from his recoveries uh, and allowing Ace to recover quicker. Uh, Ace would attempt two folds towards the end of this match, uh, but Eddie was able to scout them pretty well. Get out of the, uh, he gets out of the first one by grabbing a hold of the ref's leg, uh, and Ace, who is playing the babyface, walks over to try to get him off the ref, and this allows for Eddie to take control again. Um, but Ace counters that, goes for another fold. Uh, Eddie grabs him, runs him into the post, uh, and this would allow him to hit. His Tiger Driver followed by the Die Hard Driver for the win. And yeah, uh, I was kind of thinking that Keith was going to show up here because Eddie was all alone, but it seems like that's going to be safe for a later date. But I thought that was a good uh, start to the show. Yeah, indeed. Um, Fair enough, hot. Yeah. Uh, also, very it's still very odd to me to hear Ace Austin get chance just because he's normally such a big heel. Definitely a heel, but like this is a weird spot for him. I guess he's a tweener. Yeah, it's weird to see Bullet Clubs as babyface. It's just odd. After this, uh, Heath is backstage and he does a promo, basically saying, "Hey, you know." Uh, I was fine with laying on no more go about their business. I didn't have an issue with them. But once they took out Rhino, once they wanted to play dirty and do this guerrilla warfare stuff, uh, then I, I knew I had to fight fire with fire. And so I'm going after everybody one by one. And I keep on doing it. And I'm not going to stop until everybody goes down to the wake-up call. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, after this, uh, Josh Alexander is backstage doing a quick little um, promo talking about, you know, what happened last week. This is where we see again the interaction with him and Raj and Shira. Uh, and he basically says, you know, I, they kept me from getting into the ring to help uh, clear out the ring. Thankfully, Kushida showed up, um, but he he wanted to be there for them. Uh, and so he needs to teach Shearer some respect. Uh, and Alex Shelley interrupts him and says, hey, you know, you keep on talking about how, like, you've beaten the best and the, the biggest guys. You beat Moose. That's great. Uh, he's a good competitor, big guy. You beat Joe Doring, and he was good. He's the biggest, maybe the strongest guy in Impact. Um, but you need to do a little more. You need to, just because you're big, you know this, I know this, doesn't mean you're the best. What What's the number one thing that makes you the best? It's skill. And I don't know if you know this, you're really skillful, and that's why you're the best right now, but I'm the best maybe the best technical wrestler, uh, submission guy, uh, total package that you, you'll ever face here in Impact. And so I don't want you to get injured or hurt in this match with Shearer. So beat him quickly. Beat him like you, you beat everybody else and come into emergence at 100% so we can uh, – when I take the title off you, I knew I beat the best version of you and not – a worn down version. I thought that was a good, good little moment here between these two. Um, yeah. Um, this would lead us into uh, the next match, um, which was Laredo Kid and Trey Miguel versus Johnny Swinger and Zicky Dice. Um, this was a match I did not think I needed. But God damn it, I needed it. So did they advertise this uh, this uh, Zicky Dyson swinger match? I don't remember them no, apparently talking they did, about this. They did um, uh, like a social media piece where they like showed the, the clip of, you know, Laredo. They're trying to speak the Laredo kid. And Johnny oh, Swinger yeah. knocked that he speaks Spanish. Never heard yes. of it before. Yes. And he, he thinks that Laredo kid is Bob Seger in a mask. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that he's trying to ruin Swinger because Swinger got with a girl that that Bob Seger wanted. Yeah, so that that I think was available for the YouTube members. Gotcha. All right. Yeah, I was very confused when they they brought that up, and they, I was like, I don't remember that last week. I don't remember seeing it on like Twitter or anything like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Johnny was... Swinger's face, though, when he like saw Laredo Kid speak in Spanish, he's like, "What?" Like he's never heard a foreign language before. Yeah, that was that was absolutely bizarre. And and Zicky is like, "Oh, like I've got to protect you from from this language that is being spoken." Incredible stuff. And then Trey Miguel shows up and tries to run them off, and then he gets he acts like uh, Johnny Swinger calling him Bob Seeger was a, was like a slur. He's like, "What the hell did he just call you?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. Bob Seeger. Bob Seeger. What yeah. Are yeah. Uh, that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a, considered a slur now. Is his name? Yeah. 
so <laughs> crowd comes at or so uh, Z- uh, Zicky and Swinger come out in their normal s- stuff. Zicky does not take the fanny pack off as he starts to wrestle, and then he rolls out to the outside. <laughs> Swinger it, 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 like bends over and grabs <laughs> something out of his fanny pack. And as he's doing this, Zicky does the same thing. <laughs> they both come up with, and they're wearing BDSM masks. Like, unbelievable <laughs> stuff. <laughs> this is what WWE has to look forward to when they become TV 14, right? <laughs> this, was, this was probably the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And the, the fact that they were just like, Yes, th- this is how we're gonna try to win this match. It's we're gonna <laughs> yeah. we're gonna wear these masks. We're gonna wear the mask wrong because they should go over our nose up to our noses. But we're gonna wear them so our chins are out because we both have what because Swinger has facial hair, right? <laughs> and so they're gonna cover our eyes. But somehow we're gonna know exactly what we're doing, which was pretty impressive. For guys who are supposed to be not good at what they're doing. Right, not good. <laughs> like, Zicky has this clearly over his eyes. Like, he cannot see properly. But goes, takes a, t- uh, does like a dive to the outside and lands on his feet still. Which I thought was pretty damn impressive. Yeah, true. Um, And knew how to catch people and stuff when they were diving on him. Um. So this twin magic worked once. It did because Trey uh, goes uh, and <laughs> as he goes to pick up Z- uh, Zicky, uh, he he looks up to like get like the cr- the crowd into it, and Swinger <laughs> comes over and he they swap pl- places and <laughs> sw- again Swinger has his has his beard. He, he's older. He's wearing a singlet. Uh, he also has a bandana that clearly says Swingman. Yeah, it doesn't have it. blonde hair. Yeah. Uh, doesn't have tattoos all over his body. Isn't wearing a very small trunk. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> it worked. It confused It confused Trey. And this allowed Zicky to get some offense in. Uh, the crowd was very over for Johnny Swinger and Zicky Dice, as they goddamn should be. As they should be every week. Uh, commentary points out that Zicky and Swinger are still looking for their first tag team win together. Um, yeah. Uh, tonight was not the bit. night. Yeah, tonight was not the night. Uh, Laredo Kid does pick up the win on Zicky. Uh, but boy, oh boy, was this a, a fun little enterprise. Yeah, yeah, it was just a random match to have. I guess just, you know, have some fun with Zicky and Swinger, which I'm glad they're getting their TV time. Um, but interesting, I guess, to note one is like Laredo Kid hasn't won much recently, so I guess yeah. that's good to get him a win. But two, um, that, was, that I guess was news was uh, Trey Miguel seems like he's gonna be you know working as part of the Rascals again. Yeah, so uh, obviously. Uh... If you have followed uh, WWE NXT, you know, uh, or and Impact, you know that the Rascals broke up basically uh, when uh, I, I don't even remember their old names. Uh, it was Wentz and and Dez. I think it was Dez, Dez and uh, Wentz. Yeah. Uh, they went over to NXT. 
uh, and then uh, uh, Wentz, uh, who went under Nash Carter in, in NXT, uh, got fired uh, because uh, him and uh, his wife at the time, Kimberly, uh, were having a pretty messy breakup. Uh, and Kimberly posted a picture of uh, him uh, doing his hair like Adolf Hitler and having a Hitler mustache. That was from uh, almost a decade ago, apparently, when he was like in his early 20s. Uh, so uh, they didn't want to bother with it. They, they cut ways with him. Uh, he started to do indie dates, and Trey has posted that he doesn't want to do any more single stuff. He just wants to work with the Rascals. And the new version of the Rascals are him, uh, Wentz, and uh, Myron Reed of MLW. Hmm. So I mean, I think that's kind of you know respectful of Trey that he's he's kind of sticking up for his friend that yeah you know while that photo wasn't <laughs> the smartest photo in the world it's something no. that you know happened when he was a lot younger and I'm sure you know Wentz has learned a lot from. Yeah, Ben. So I think a, a kind of like noble trade is kind of stick up for him because maybe it was he was having a tougher time getting getting bookings now. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also think that it's another way that you know if uh, he isn't going to go back into NXT, if uh, if you know Trey wants to get back into if he doesn't want to just be in the X division. I don't know if Myron Reed is going to come over to Impact, but it seems like MLW and Impact have a decent relationship again after not having one for a while Yeah, since they're doing interpromotional matches and things like that. Um, so maybe like bring back the Rascals in the, uh, to Impact. It's another team. And as we've always said, Impact's weakest divisions are their tag divisions at this point. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so... And I mean, the crowds always like the Rascals, and I don't think that's going to change. Uh, Trey's super over still, and yeah, I guess uh, time will tell what happens. Um, but yeah, after this, we go backstage, and Brian Myers is walking around. He bumps into Bupinder, and Bupinder says he wants his title shot. Brian Myers says, "Oh, you just missed it. <laughs> I was in the I was in the men's locker room with everybody." And I said. Who wants a digital media championship shot? And somebody else claimed it before you. And Bupinder asks who. And Crazy Steve says, oh, it was Black Tarus. Uh, he did. That's, that's pretty brave of you, Brian. The, it shows you're a fighting champion. It, nobody wants the, an open challenge from Black Tarus, not especially for a title. That That's risky business. But good on you. It shows you really really care about defending that title and, and building it up. Good job, pal. Yeah. <laughs> so he got uh, caught with a foot in his mouth, basically, and Tarus took advantage. Yep. Yeah. Uh, this is also probably the most vocal we've heard Tarus because he's laughing this whole time. Uh, yeah. In between his grunts, of course, because he is still a bull. Yes. Um, and, yeah, so next week uh, we've got Black Tarus versus... Brian Myers for the Digital Media Championship. I don't know how Brian Myers is getting out of this one. I don't either. It's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, for sure. Uh, after this, Tasha Steeles and Savannah Evans are coming down to the ring. Um, 
and we are told that we are getting an OVW showcase match uh, because this is Louisville, Kentucky of all places, and that is the home of OVW. Um, and Tasha says that she uh, allowed these two people. She saw these two girls. They wanted to make an impact. They wanted to join the flavor division. And she said the winner might have what it takes to join the, the flavor division. So we got um, Tiffany Nieves versus Jada Stone. Um, and this was a match. Um, I, this obviously wasn't going to be for, for much. Uh, commentary was trying to explain who the people were most of the time. Uh, while Tasha just talked over them and was explaining why she wants that the division, the knockouts division still runs through her, um, that she's still going, she's gearing back up to get a, uh, back into the knockouts title picture. But, you know, the, her, her and Savannah are always looking for potential people to join their group. Um, and then uh, Tiffany uh, rolls up Jada and just holds her hand on the rope. And picks up the win. Um, and it seemed like commentary and Tasha did not realize it was going to end that quickly. Uh, because they were like in the middle of a conversation. They were just like, oh, and this just yeah. happened. Here it is. Uh, and they, they were very caught off guard. Um, and then Killer Kelly comes out. She got, we get everything goes dark. We've got like red fog coming in. Uh, red lights, uh, all this jazz for her as uh, she strolls down to the ring, uh, all creepy uh, and uh, very stalkerish. Very, uh, like, as she said, she wants this character to be like a horror villain slash serial killer role. Um, it get, definitely gave off those creepy, like, stalker vibes as she just strolled down, like, licking her lips and stuff. Um, and, yeah, uh, she she does this very odd uh, submission move where she just kind of just rip grabs her hand. Like, it, it looked like a standing crossface almost. Yeah, yeah. And then she's like, it's like kind of like whiplash at the end. Where, like, yes. Yeah, you know, attacking the neck. So yeah, I don't know. Um, and she throws Tiffany away, and then she just starts using her kicks and stuff to to Jada, laying her out, and then she hits what I guess is gonna be her finisher. It's like a almost like a pile driver. Yeah, it was a nice move. Uh, it looks devastating. It looks like what a finishing move should do, and yeah, clearly she's she's going after anybody. The baby faces and the heels of scenes. Yeah, but Tasha doesn't know who she is. Yeah, Tasha is very confused on why uh, Tom and Matt are freaking out about this. Um, she was not invited to the flavor uh, division audition here. Um, she did not sign up for that, uh, and she would never have gotten a, a, that opportunity, according to Tasha, um, because Tasha wouldn't have allowed it. But it does seem like that's that's the direction we're going to go is Tasha versus Killer Kelly. Um, interesting choice, but I, I think it, it's good proving ground for her to go after a former knockouts champ. Yeah, no, I think it's a lot better than six months of jobbers. Yeah. So, 
I mean, hey, the, this could be drawn out for six months. It, it, it could be. And, yeah. and, and people got to remember, Killer Kelly has been an impact before. She yes. wasn't really like she wasn't in a featured role at all. She was just kind of like in the in the tag tournament. Yeah. To put on the, the I don't want to say the inaugural, but like the, the returning the, champ. Yeah. Exactly. And they revitalized so, the division. So f- some so impact fans might remember her briefly, but she wasn't like a, like we said a prominent role. So this is the first time she's like gonna get a feud now. So yeah, it's cool. If if I'm not mistaken, I, like I feel like there wasn't crowds when they did that tournament. There might not have been a crowd yet. Yeah. yeah. So it, it'll, I feel like it'll be the first time that she's doing this in front of a crowd in Impact. Yeah, fair. Um, unless I'm just totally wrong, but I feel I like can't it was before. Yeah. Um, yeah, after this, um, Violent by Design are back in the stairwell doing their weird promos about the sickness and how Joe and, and Diener aren't getting rid of the sickness. They, they might be part of the sickness. They don't hate the sickness like Eric does. Uh, because they keep on doing their own thing. Um, and they said that the reason they attacked the Mercy Machine Guns is because they are like the driving force of the sickness, and they thought they'd go after them because they, they, they're well-known and they have the sickness all over them. Uh, but then Kushida showed up, so they think that they need to go after him. Uh, and Eric Young just says, no, no, focus on the guns first then we can focus on Kushida. Uh, so it seems like they're kind of getting back on the same page, but it's still a work in progress for Violent by Design. Yeah, I mean, like, that's interesting. They, they're hinting that they're going to, you know, focus on the guns when the gun, you know, Alex Shelley's pretty busy right now. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, they, they could be planning for something for after emergence, but, you know, still, I, I don't see the path right now. No. Um, after this, we got a video package for Alex Shelley highlighting his career. Uh, Chris Saban says, uh, starts it off basically talking about how, you know, uh, he wanted to be the number one contender, but he says out of all the matches I've ever uh, had and, and seen since I've been in wrestling, I haven't been this, this excited for a matchup uh, in my life. This is the match I'm most looking forward to is Alex getting his, Title shot, the world title shot he so rightfully deserves after all these years against Josh. Uh, he thinks it's going to knock it out of the park. There's people from his past. You've got Kushida in this. You've got Scott in here. Uh, and you've also got uh, Trey Miguel, some other uh, Mike Bailey talking about how Alex Shelley was the first person who uh, he was like, I want to like follow in his footsteps. I want to have that type of move set. I want to be a mix of high flyer, technical, uh, and very physical, hard hitting. Uh, and then we get Johnny Gargano. Um, yeah, like Jimmy Jacobs too. Yeah, Jimmy Jacobs. Well, Jimmy Jacobs still works with Impact, I believe. He's like a backstage uh, creative person. Oh, okay. Because okay. uh, he, he used to be in a role there where like he'd do the interviews sometimes. Instead of yes. just Gia, it would yeah, just it would right. be them back and forth, and then he'd also occasionally do the uh, uh, the contract signings and stuff. Because uh, yeah. he he was doing them when Kenny was around, at least. 
That's you're um, right. So then, so Johnny Gargano is really the only one that like really had yeah. No, no time. Unless Jimmy left, I don't. I don't think he left, but maybe he did. I don't remember. I don't know. Um, but yeah, Johnny Gargano is here, uh, and uh, he has the worst quality computer uh, video camera I've ever fucking seen. Yeah. Um, the audio sounds perfectly fine. Everything else about this was just like. Come on, man. You're a multimillionaire, most likely, from your WWE contract that you had. Not necessarily, because he was just yeah. on, on an NXT. NXT, segment. yeah. All right, but, you're, but from from your PWT sales that you've done since leaving WWE, <laughs> probably. Yeah, fair. Um, but yeah, uh, he talks about how Shelly, how dangerous he is, talks about some of the moves, why he's so inspiring, what he learned from him over the years. Uh, and then we've got last thing is Kushida saying that he thinks that uh, Alex Shelley is going to walk out of emergence as champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's just a weird flex with the Johnny Organo stuff. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess that's that's what happens when you're you're a free agent, technically. Yeah, I mean, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. Um. I was like looking to see if he trained him, but doesn't seem like he was. He it's listed that he was trained by Josh Prohibition and JT Lightning. Hmm. Which, yeah, I, don't know, I don't know if they crossed paths. That's why I'm like, yeah. I'm gonna... they. I mean, they must have, right? Yeah. Like you wouldn't just randomly throw in the. Oh, the, yeah. So, um, in 2007, um. Uh, you team up with Prohibition in his uh, his farewell match to where he uh, his original company, like very small indie match, yeah, uh, promotion where uh, they defeated Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin. Oh, okay, yeah, so. uh, and he did work in uh, in TNA for uh, a dark match once, uh, losing to Jay Lethal in 2009. Okay. And then he worked another dark match and lost to Eric Young. Uh, and he did some Ring of Honor stuff with them. Uh, okay. Yeah, so maybe maybe they've crossed paths more than that. But uh, yeah, I, I guess that counts. Yeah, no, it definitely does. But they came from like one of the same like, original promotions. Yeah. Um. This would lead us to Shearer versus Josh Alexander. Um, not much here to say other than I think this was probably Shearer's best singles match. <laughs> yeah, and there were, it wasn't a long match. It was just like no. he had a full, you know, offense and was showing. He that didn't that. look as green. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so, so I guess we didn't mention on the podcast yet too, like because the previous match was OVW talent. Shearer's the OVW champ. Yes, is it the oh, one of? One no, of the he, I think he's the national, the national champ. Yeah, so their TV title. Yeah. Actually. So, yeah, he's a champ. And the, and the crowd actually, like, cheered for him, whether or not it was his OVW peers or not. We, we couldn't tell. They're not yeah. hard cam. But, I mean, there, there was a pop for Shira. And oh, I, ooh, I've got I've, I've got a – he's not the champ anymore, sir. Oh, okay. Uh, July 7th, he lost the title to James Storm. <laughs> That's – that's funny. Uh, yeah. when, when were these tapings, though, is the question. Um, 
That's I tough. believe it's the fifteenth. Okay. So it would be so. it would be right after. Right after. Okay. So. Yeah. But but not, nonetheless, he he's yes like, yes he's somebody someone... that is known to the OVW crowds. If there's people that are OVW, exactly, and you're in Louisville, Kentucky, so maybe yeah. it was like slightly advertised, or maybe it was the second night of the tapings that they're yeah. like, oh, it's Shira, you know, Shira is going to get a match against the world champ. So, so apparently, the this title is only started in 2020. There's been three champions, Angelo. James um, Storm, James Storm, Shira, and the longest reigning is Shira. No, oh. it's the first ever champ. Uh, you're gonna love this. Boo Pinder? No, you're gonna love this. Oh, who is it? Jesse Goddard's. Oh, that's great. He held it for 522 days. That's a in a 21 point. rumble man rumble, uh, and last eliminated Brian Pillman Jr. Good. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess Bowman Jr. is from OVW as well. So yeah, uh, it seems like the, this match just had like a bunch of random people in it. So, but yeah, good stuff. Yeah, uh, funny. Jesse got held it for five hundred and twenty-two days. That is a long, long time. Jesse Goddard's also known as Mister Pectacular. <laughs> He's a one-time national champion, one-time television champion, and a seven-time OVW Southern Tag Team champion. That's. I hope they have multiple tag teams uh, titles. That would be great. Uh, Yeah, just good stuff. Um, Yeah, into uh, the... uh, So Shearer ends up tapping out to the ankle lock. Uh, and he calls for the ref afterwards to check on him, uh, and he rolls on out. Uh, and we go to backstage, and Moose is backstage with Gia, and Gia asks him about Moose and Macklin's relationship, alliance. Moose says there is no alliance between him and Macklin. It's non-existence, um, and uh, that if anybody should be mad at Macklin, it should be him. Because he stole the opportunity for uh, Moose to beat uh, uh, Sammy clean without anybody's help. Uh, But instead now Sammy can say that he got screwed by somebody. Uh, And G asked, you know, like, well, if that's the case, why was Macklin in your locker room? Uh, And... He says, I don't know. I wasn't even in my locker room. I wasn't even in the damn building. Uh, and then she says, oh, why Why didn't you attack Macklin then? Why do you both attack Sammy? And he says, you know, you're just trying to cause trouble. There's nothing between me and Macklin. And he storms off. And we go back into the ring. Uh, or af- actually, after this, we go to Honor No More. Uh, they're all together. And they're they're all complaining about how they're being attacked by Heath and how Taven and Bennett got screwed by having to face Ace and Bay and, and not having their t- a title opportunity. So they're going to go storm Scott's office and they start going and they go down this, this hallway. They open a door and they're in this stairwell and apparently attached to the stairwell is Scott, Scott's office. Yeah. 
Jesus Christ, this is the worst idea they've ever done in, in for a segment like this. Why would you have this many people yelling in a echoey hallway a stairwell? It, it certainly <laughs> wasn't ideal. Um, so they're all yelling. All the honor no more is yelling over each, each other here. You've got Matt Taven calling Scott the biggest Melvin of, out there for for not giving them the ta- the tag t- titles, uh, and he says, "Oh well, who would I give the tag title opportunity to? You and who?" And he says, Bennett. And he's like, well, where's Bennett? And they all look around and he's not there. And then you hear Maria yell. And they all run away except for Eddie. And Scott says, oh, you know, you've always given me crap about how, how I, I, I lead things. Well, now you're a leader. Now you can see all the stuff I have to deal with. But I believe in you. I believe you'll do. You'll figure this on out. And he closes the door and Eddie yells. And then we would go back to uh, the ring, and Raj Singh is – or I'm sorry, I, I skipped another backstage segment. We had Chelsea and Deanna planning Deanna's bachelorette party. Oh, this is uh, a good segment. Yeah, uh, the, the biggest party of the summer. Yeah, as Deanna called it. Yeah. Um, and Jessica – not Havoc, Jessica uh, – shows up and asks about the party – uh, what should she, what should she bring? She really likes parties. Uh, Rosemary and Taya come over, and they're like, "No, you, you you're not part of this. Like, go come with us. We gotta get ready for our match. We don't associate with these two." Uh, and Havoc says, "Oh, but they, they seem really fun. I like the way they dress. I like parties. I'm the life of a party. I was gonna bring bottomless mimosas, which." Ty Valkyrie shrieks about because she really likes bottomless mimosas too. Um, and then uh, Taya uh, and Jessica are pulled away by Rosemary before Jessica returns and starts to spell her name. Um, uh, and then it's pulled away again by Taya. Um, good stuff here. Uh, Chelsea yeah. also says that she's not going to be around next week. Um, so Deanna's going to have to do things on her own, but she is confident that Deanna can handle it. Um, yeah. Um, then we go to the ring and Raj Singh is in the ring still refusing to leave. He says he is refusing to leave until the ref comes down here and awards Shira the win because Shira has been injured. Um, and Josh did this illegally and he should be punished by losing the match. The, everything should be turned around and he's not leaving the ring until it's fixed. The lights go out, uh, come back on and Sammy Callahan is there. He attacks Raj, lays them out uh, and then grabs the mic and he says he doesn't care about Moose and Macklin's relationship. All he knows is that they both have dates with the death machine. Uh, after this, we get our Ric Flair moment of the week. It's the last one, Angelo. Are you, are you sad that it's over? Um, the flare is over. I'm a little sad. Yeah. I'm but are you happy with the, the moment that they left up off on? Um, yes. Like this is this is the penultimate Ric Flair impact moment. Yeah. Uh it is, of course. The woo off. The woo off. Uh unfortunately, we didn't get to hear his, the the <laughs> the the original wow. 
wow, that's my line about the space. The oldest, yeah, oldest ride. <laughs> oldest ride. There, ride there was some stuff that they decided to cut out, which I thought was surprising. They left all the beginning stuff in, which I felt like they didn't need to. Yeah, I didn't need to know about the, the Fortune Four coming together. Yeah, I mean, like... You when know, there's I'm, clearly six of them in the ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fortune, uh, you know, there were some issues with that. But, you know, on a historical level, that was a good group of talent. And, oh, absolutely. So, I mean, and that was Desmond Wolf, a.k.a. Nigel McGinnis at the end of his career. But otherwise, it's Bobby Roode, James Storm, Cavs, and AJ Styles. And Ric fucking Flair. Come on. Ric Flair, yeah. Yeah, Ric Flair's still wrestling at this day, at that time. Uh, I don't know about that. Not, not, not weekly, but not weekly, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's he's around. Uh, and of course, the woo off happens. We've got Jay Lethal's uh, amazing impersonation of Ric Flair. <laughs> We've got them stripping their clothes off. We've got Jay Lethal's running elbow to to the jacket. Yeah, uh, they they skipped Ric Flair's bump in the ring too. Yeah, we, we missed the flare flops. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like we did get the, the shoot. You gotta, pay, you gotta pay that thirty-five dollars to see him bump. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> thirty-five dollars to see seventy-three-year-old Ric Flair take bumps. I'm ready, <laughs> dude. I don't. I, <laughs> can can I, I just say, I I learned that Jeff Jarrett is only fifty-five years old. Oh, Jeff wow. Jarrett looks almost as old as Ric Flair. Yeah, Jeff Jarrett didn't age very well. No, oh, did he? No, no, he did not. No, he he, he does not like Christopher Daniels is what 53, 54? How is Christopher Daniels like right around the same age as Jeff Jarrett? And Jeff Jarrett looks so much worse. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, Christopher Daniels though is definitely an anomaly in the rest. That's of fair. How is Sting 60-something and look better than Jeff? Sting still looks the same from, like, mid-2000s. Yeah, he's hilarious. Um, Yes. All right, this would lead to Mia Yim uh, doing a promo, but the promo is cut off because of technical difficulties, as commentary says, uh, before they go off and we get a a thing saying uh, lost signal. Uh, and then it comes back, and Scott is running outside to the production truck, and all of Honor No More are banging on the truck, and you've got PCO and Vincent ripping at wires uh, because apparently the wires are just hanging out of the truck. Um, and there's just, like, one guy watching this all happen, and he's like, I tried to stop them. Uh, <laughs> Scott is like, all right, so this is what you're going to do. Now you, I've got, we've got to go to break. Uh, you guys are trying to shut us down. Like that's not helping you. That's not helping us. Uh, what are you guys doing? Uh, and they said they're trying to get what they deserve. And so Scott says, "You know what? I've been in this position before. Remember Team Canada? Jim Cornette didn't want us around, so he put us in a five-on-five match. And if we won, we got what we wanted. So that's what I'm going to do. You guys want your uh, your title opportunities?" If you guys beat the Bullet Club at Emergence, you get your title opportunities. But there's a catch. Our thing was if we lost, we had to disband forever. And so if you guys lose, you have to disband forever. Uh, They say that's unfair. And he says, well, that's what's happening. I do not need another five-on-five match between the Bullet Club and 
on it no more. I don't need it, Angelo. No. We've had getting, this a lot. We, I mean, that's all they're good for at this point. Five on fives. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, so there's the chance, right? They lose and they're disbanded. Yeah, and Vincent goes over to uh, ROH to get his titles back. And uh, PCO goes on uh, to debut on the main roster, WWE, and challenge the Tribal Chief uh, um, at uh, the, the biggest party of the spring, WrestleMania. Um, WrestleMania Hollywood, of course, because that's that's where PCO deserves his title shot. Um, and everybody else goes to, uh, CZW, right? That, that's, what's going to happen. Yeah, probably. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I, maybe they break up, but I, I'd assume not. And this leads to them getting their title shot. Yes. Yeah. I, I definitely assumed that I'm, if I had to guess, it's just gonna give them a reason to win so they can get a title match against the bullet club, which I don't think that would be successful. At least. I don't I, yeah. yeah I, I don't know. Again, it like, we still don't know about it. If Gallus and Anderson are resigned. They, they, yeah. That, that's been very quiet. Um, and it seems like they're, I mean, after August, they're like they're going to have to, if Carl, I don't know what the, their, their new Japan's plans are with them, but I mean, Carl Anderson is a singles champion in New Japan. Like he's gonna have to go back there eventually to defend that title. And then World Tag League shows up in either October or November, which they're probably going to be a part of. So they're gonna disappear for like a month. Yeah. Um, so I feel like you'd get maybe Bound for Glory give it to him. I don't know, but it, you know, uh, what was it the book? The Good Brothers have done this before, where they like had to be gone for a while, and Impact just let them have the belts. Yeah, and then they would just do poor big vignettes. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's not beneath them. I know the roster no. better now. Yeah, that's that. fair. But uh, know. who knows? Who knows? Um, after this it leads us to our main event. It is Kushida versus Rich Swan. Uh, shout out, uh, we got the shout out of both of these guys being former WWE cruiserweight champions, um, as well as Kushida's various other, uh, championship runs, uh, in the junior division of New Japan. Um, I believe he, uh, he won best of super juniors multiple times. Uh, he's basically their ace of the junior division for quite some time. Uh, and now he's in impact for a little bit. Um, uh, before going back over to New Japan fully once the G1 is over. Um, but yeah, uh, I thought I, I thought this was a really, really, really good match. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I, I told Pat that this match was happening. I was like, "Hey, you gonna watch this?" He's like, "I'm not really interested in this. I don't think it's gonna be that g- great, great oh, of a match." Uh, and because he's not that big of a Rich Swan fan, I also am not that big of a Rich Swan fan. I think he's really good in the ring. I just think he's he gets overshadowed by a lot of the other people in the X division and the other because he's not really part of the X division anymore. No, he has he hasn't been considered an X division. Yeah, 
But, like, I feel like at this point he should go back down there to revitalize himself a little bit just because he's getting lost in the crowd on the, main, you know, on the bigger stage here. He might. Uh, he's kind of holding his own. Yeah. Or uh, Willie Mack left. But, um, yeah, I think now would be a potentially good opportunity, especially like that's we're saying Trey Miguel might be going to a tag division role yeah. strictly. Like, this might be a good opportunity for Rich Swan to step in. Plus, you've got Mike Bailey doing his open challenges. Of, uh, that would present a fresh matchup. Yeah, but I, I would rather for Schwan Swan to have like a more sustained rivalry. That's that's fair. Yeah, um, I do have to say, Kushida, uh, he to finish this match off, he hits this hover with the hoverboard lock, um, which is just his version of the Kimura lock. But and he is he, Marty McFly. He is Marty McFly. Angela, was this your first time seeing a Kushida match? I think it was. Okay, so, so this is this is how you you. All of a sudden, like he, he comes out, Angela just texts in the group chat, "Why is he dressed like Marty McFly?" Well, because he came out last week for the save, and he wasn't in that. Yeah. I was like, "This is strange," but I get it. He's a time splitter. Yeah, he's a time splitter, man. He's obsessed with Marty McFly. This yeah. man loves Back to the Future. If you uh, ask him what his favorite true. movies are, if you ask him for his top three favorite movies. All the Back to the Future movies. <laughs> that's, Every that's single one of them. He probably he probably hates Rick and Morty because he thinks it's a it's it's a cheap knockoff of Back to the Future. Oh, he probably does. Yeah, he's like that's not the Back to the Future. That's not Marty McFly. That's Morty. I don't like Morty. Yeah, it's too close to Marty. I'm Marty. That's yeah. Yeah, um, probably has that beef. Yeah, uh, but. I I have at least I haven't seen him hit the the hoverboard lock from the top rope. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, was really cool. cool. Yeah. Um. Apparently, he does it sometimes. Sometimes he doesn't. I thought it was really cool. I think it depends on the opponent. Someone like Rich Swan can take it from the top rope. So yeah. I think you need someone that's you know can work. You can work with well. Yes. So. Uh. So yeah, Kushida wins, and yeah, overall. I thought this was a good show. Not great, but I'll give it a thumbs up. I'll give it a thumbs up too. Yeah, definitely not the best, but it, it was a really solid show. You had a good opening and ending match, and obviously some fun with Swinger and Zicky, and just you know a lot of a lot of progression of storylines. Yeah. Um, next week we have Deanna Praza versus Rosemary, Brian Myers versus Black Truce for the mm-hmm. Digital Media Championship. Masha Slamovich versus Giselle Shaw, which I thought this was going to be saved for emergence. Yeah, this feels weird. Because this, be a... this has been built up for quite some time. Well, this is going to be a screwy finish. Yeah. This is how Masha's <laughs> undefeated streak ends. My goodness. On an Impact episode. Yeah. Uh, and Doc Gallows versus PCO in a street fight. Yeah, that's going to be a, that's going to be quite the match. Yeah. Hey, man, the last time Doc Gallows had a, a, a street fight-esque match, him and uh, Joe Doring put on that barn burner. Of yeah. A, like 10-minute match that I didn't – I had no expectations of. Right. I thought I was going to dread it. And yeah, I but now our expectations are, you know, <laughs> he has to have be cannonballing outside the ring. 
onto Luke Gallows. <laughs> his legs are just going to be shattered, but he's still going to be walking. Yeah, no, this, this could be an absolute train wreck of a match, but I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. Uh, the only match that's been added to emergence uh, is Bullet Club versus Honor No More's 5-on-5, five five, uh, which they have announced the fifth member of Bullet Club's team is Hikaleo. Um, oh, they did announce that, okay. Yes, uh, on uh, Twitter. Uh, re- uh, I guess Wrestling Observer posted it, the, the image of it. Yeah, that's a logical choice. I mean, yeah. he is in Bullet Club. And he's not in the G1. Yes, yeah. Because, like, everybody else is <laughs> in right. Bullet Club. Oh, yeah, because so he, he does do Japan strong. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just going on to Impact's Twitter real quick because they they sometimes drop something like a, another matchup or anything uh, late on That's the show. True, little tidbits here and there. Yeah. Well, it's about uh, the Hikaleo thing wasn't something on the show. Yeah. Like they, they, you know, they called it a five on five match, so you're already in your head going like, "Well, there's only four Bullet Club members in Impact." So. Yeah. But. Um, no, they haven't. They haven't posted anything else. Uh, but uh, we do have um, <laughs> Zicky Dice <laughs> tweeting out the ending of the match, <laughs> saying, "This clearly, this clearly wasn't me <laughs> getting pinned. This is clearly the swing man." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I hope they like argue with Scott Dimore next week, being like, "He wasn't the legal man." <laughs> I hope so. That'd be great, uh, dude. Zicky and <laughs> and Johnny Swinger are easily my favorite tag team. In, so when Zicky Dice this... signed a multi-year deal with Impact, did he think he was just going to be put in a comedy duo with Johnny Swinger? <laughs> and I like you know, this doesn't even be like a like a demotion. This is this is excellent content, yeah. but still, it's like you know, not necessarily. He was a former you know U was it the U.S. champ at NWA? <laughs> yeah, no, the, the national champ. I mean, national champ. Yeah. yeah, everybody's got national champs. Right. So he <laughs> he was he was their mid card champ, and now he's doing comedy acts with Johnny Swinger, which are excellent stuff. But yes. uh, he's slowly slowly relearning how to wrestle, according to in, Impact Kayfabe. Yeah, uh, great stuff. Uh, so thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the deep six wrestling podcast and the impact power hour. We will talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.